It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that not only educates, but it entertains as well. I'm your boy, James Jackson, Jimmy J. It's my guy, Kyle Sirik. My guy, Stat Matt Robinson. No Jake Galley. Uh, probably the last week, we won't have a full roster. He assured us that. Yeah. He assured us that that was the last. Podcasts are our only last about, you know about I mean? three weeks. Christian McCaffrey just got um, just got cleared to go back to That's to how practice. the NFL IR works, too, right? Yeah, three so weeks. So, week, yeah. so we're, we're taking him off IR. He's scheduled to return next week um, against, well, you know, we'll see if we have a guest. Probable. But, I mean, I'm glad you're feeling it's good, probable. too, man. Glad you're feeling good, too. We're a little bit scared. We, had, we had we had a slight vid scare. Slight. I was sick last week. I'm glad we don't actually have the vid. Yeah, I was sick. I was sick for a little too long, so I was like, let's get tested. Mm-hmm. Came back negative, so we're good. And mm-hmm. today's the first day I feel good. So yeah, you don't have to worry about about Kyle getting that anybody contaminated over here. No sir. But we might as well get into it. We got to. We're good, not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Hold up, back back coming in hot. Back back <laughs> back coming in hot. We got a good uh, we got a good episode for y'all today. Um, so let's get rolling. That brings us to the fact straight at you. Through seven games, the Miami, the Miami Heat have the best net rating of all time, 16.7. The second best is the 95-96 Bulls, you might remember, who was on that team. They had a net rating of 13.4, followed by the 96-97 Bulls, pretty much the same team. Yeah. They had a net rating of 12. This is needless to say that the Miami Heat are off to a torrid start. And we'll start with them, but they're going to kick off our segment of teams who are off to a hot start in the NBA, but we got to start with the heat. Cause I mean, I yeah. just kind of detailed why, but a, a lot of things point to it. They have the same Miami heat culture on, of defense first and, and, and hard, you know, fought basketball. They go out and get the perfect guys for it. PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry and Morris and, 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 and Marquise Morris, like to just throwing people around. So, I mean, perfect. Second in points allowed, second in points scored. That's both per game. They're just locking people up, man. They're, they're just doing the heat thing. They're locking up. You made a great point uh, before we went on. We were waiting for Matt to show up. 20th in steals, 30th in blocks, 19th in turnovers forced. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're not, not turning you over. They're not this normal, hard. like, like obviously we're, what, six, seven games through the season. Right. So you expect these high defensive ratings or low, low is better for defensive mm. ratings to be because you're getting a lot of turnovers, maybe stuff that's not sustainable. The Heat are just D'ing up. Yeah, just, I mean, they're making you miss shots. That's good basketball. They're getting the hands in the face of shooters. They're locking down inside. You talked about the acquisitions. I thought they were huge. Per, like, like, so beautiful. And, so and beautiful it's just steps. Bam Adebayo's having the year this year that he should have had last year. He was good last year, but not that step up from the championship team. Tyler Hero is the front man for six men of the year. He's talk balling. About it. Talk I mean, about it. Talk about they're it. off to a hot start. We're going to talk a lot of NBA today. Small sample size. Small sample but size. this is one team you can really look at that just made a major leap and they're just playing insane to start the season. I think they threw everyone off the scent. I think last year they started really poor because mm-hmm. they had the short offseason after the finals. Yep. 
Uh, they started eleven and seventeen. Jimmy Butler was banged up to start yeah, the season. They, yeah, they started eleven and seventeen. They finished the year twenty nine and fifteen, but then they got swept by the Bucks. Bucks were on a revenge tour after mm-hmm. they got embarrassed in yeah. the playoffs. So people, Jimmy Butler had a great year last year when he was healthy. I had him on my first team All NBA team. I think he finished second team. Mm-hmm. They were in the finals two years ago, and they had Kyle Lowry, and they're they're back. They're just they're Tyler Hero's back. Mm-hmm. He had his slump last year. The Heat are legitimately a contender in the East because the East is wide open. Yeah, and, and I I absolutely agree. And they and they added championship DNA. Not only Kyle Lowry a champion, but now yeah. Tucker is also a champion. Yeah. Um, they have you know the the they have the top three man lineups in terms of net rating five out of seven. Hero. Tyler Hero is in all of them. And, and let's circle Let's circle back to this Tyler Hero thing. Because the man made a bold statement in the offseason, right? The man said, I deserve, I, I think I should be, my name should be in the same conversations as John Morant, Luka Doncic, yep. Trey Young. And when, and when we asked him if, if we were speaking facts or if he was speaking facts at that time, everyone thought he was crazy. Mm-hmm. And now the man is balling. And if you look at all of their points per game, all, all of their, their season stats in a vacuum next to each other, I mean, you have John Morant at, at what, like 22 a game. Luka Doncic at 25 a game. Trey Young at 20, 22 a game. And then you got Tyler Hero 21 a game. Yeah. Right there with them, shooting the same field goal percentage, the same three-point percentage. And I Off get, the bench. I get that we're talking about a, a small sample size, seven mm-hmm. games in. But is that a microcosm? Like, like should we should we have taken Tyler Hero seriously? Because the command, because at points, I think we needed, to, we needed to have taken him seriously. It wasn't just a young buck. Like like talking big with his chest out. Yeah, like he was serious. I'm a real quick. I'm gonna get the stacks straight. You know, we keep the facts yeah, here. You said John. You said John Moran had like 22. He's at like 29 games. Yeah, yeah, right. But yeah, yeah. But so Tyler Hero. I mean, we should take him seriously now. He's still gonna be. He's not gonna be the man on this team. He doesn't have to be. I don't know if he could be, but just the way this team makeup is, while other guys like Jaws the man on Memphis, mm-hmm. Trey Young is the man on Atlanta, Luca is the man on Dallas. So in that conversation, we're talking top three, maybe not, but. What I saw from, I watched the end of that game they played last week, and Bam, it was Bam's big game. I mm-hmm. forget which one it was, but Bam had a huge game last week, and he did the post-game interview, and they were talking about these guys. It's like, no one worked harder than Tyler Hero this offseason. This man was in the gym, really took a step up, because he was, just like Bam, was supposed to have a great year last year. We saw him in the bubble. He was the darling of the bubble, right? right. and it didn't them. happen. So, I mean, I, I, I'm going to take him more seriously than I was. I'm not throwing him in that jaw conversation yet. But front runner for sixth man of the year and the way he's hooping. I mean, last year we saw Jordan Clarkson get the sixth man of the year. Just straight points. Mm-hmm. Three assists a game, whatever it was. Tyler Hero is doing everything and putting in valuable minutes on the team that's playing the best basketball in the league right when now. When you have a team that consists of Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, and a bunch of veterans, to, to make it in that closing lineup means a lot. That yeah. says a lot about you as a player, especially a third-year player. You th- those are all veterans I just named. Mm-hmm. All guys who have double-digit years in the league, multiple All-Stars, championships. For you to be in a closing lineup with them, for Eric Spolster and Pat Riley to put you in a closing lineup with them every game, that says a lot about you. Yeah. That, that, that's, not, that's, not a, that's not an accident. Tyler Hero finds himself in a situation to not only like be on the floor with them, but to make plays, to make winning plays and impactful plays. The other night, I mean, he goes from what, nearly 30 the other night off the bench and making impactful winning plays at the end of the game. I think it's great. But real quick, before we move on from the Heat, real quick question. Who is the marquee player? I think Jimmy Butler maybe is the best player. 
who's the marquee player for this Heat team? Because you, you got three legitimate answers to that at the end of the game. Yeah. You got Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. Who's who's the marquee player for the Heat? It's it's still Jimmy. Right. It's still Jimmy. This team goes as Jimmy Butler goes. Um, that's kind of been true since they were in the championship that right. year. Um, Lowry, I think you know what you're getting. He's at that point in his career where he's not vet status yet. You know how vets fall off and they find their role on a team. Yeah. He's not there yet. He's still a good player, a real good player. But he's taking that back seat now that he kind of couldn't take in Toronto besides the one Kawhi year. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy's the one that has to really get it popping. That's where the team will go with Jimmy Butler. As, as Jimmy goes, the Heat go. Yeah. We right. saw him start slow last year because he was hurt. We saw him finish strong because he played great. He had a really bad playoff series. They got swept. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler is how the Heat will go. And since he's a early season MVP <clears throat> candidate – little tease for later on um they're soaring and i think they're the they're in the i think the bucks and nets are still the top two but i think they're positioning themselves to be the third best team in the east i think they're positioning themselves to be the best team in the east like i think they've i think they're almost maybe not given but they're they're very likely to finish top three four they're positioning themselves to be in the driver's the east is going to be so tough this year it's going to be crazy how about another team, another reason the East is going to be crazy? Yeah. And we talked about them. You, how about a plug for Kyle's big board? Kyle talked about them on his big board going into the most um, the most improved teams coming into the season. Number one. The Chicago Bulls, man. And they're everything we thought they were going to be through seven, eight games of the season. A tough, very exciting, yep. but very good basketball team. And it's and it's not just Zach Levine. It's, it's everybody. But I love the ascension of Lonzo Ball right now. Averaging career highs and everything. Blocks per game, steals per game, three-point percentage, which is huge. Free throw percentage, which is huge. Big for him. They're playing physical through DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, sixth and seventh in the league in free throws per game. So not afraid to get to the line and do what they do. Two players who are also very good in the mid-range. Don't ever, don't let anyone ever tell you the mid-range game is dead. Never. Don't ever let anyone tell you that. The Chicago Bulls are, are everything right now. And... Like I, I think we everyone thought they were going to be the most exciting team in the league coming in, and they're living up to that billing right now. Yeah, it, it, you never know where you're getting when you get a new team. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can say is you can look at their team structure, and it set them up for success. Two scoring small forwards, or wings, right. in Levine and DeRozan. Mm-hmm. A do-it-all point guard. Lonzo can score, rebound, defend, and assist. A do-it-all center. Nick Vucevic, same type which of thing. Is, which is so underrated. A do-it-all center. That they have Nick Vuce in their back pocket yes. like that. But what they're doing is they're playing to that mold, mm-hmm. right? Lonzo could go out and shoot 20 shots a game. He, he's done it on other teams. Nick Vuce could be a really ball-dominant center. But they're playing to that mold. Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan lead their team in usage rate. Mm-hmm. And I look back, Zach Levine's actually been the highest usage rate player on the Bulls since he's been there. And DeRozan has more than him. But Levine's usage rate didn't drop. He's still getting all the impact he has. He's having the ball as much as he can. The Bruins having it more, which is telling me that like Lonzo doesn't need it. Yeah. Nick Vuce doesn't need it because Damar and Levine are also leading the team in assist percentage. They're just playing the perfect mold. They're playing to that perfect mold of basketball that the team was set up to do. And and everyone is passing the ball. You look at their assist. It's team assist. Lonzo's at 4.4. DeMar's at 4. Levine's at 4.9. Vucevic is at 4.3. Caruso's mm-hmm. at 3.9. Everyone getting everyone involved. Everyone's getting everyone involved. And they're playing smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they are, they have the fewest three-point attempts in the league. 
but they're shooting the third highest percentage, which means they're not just chucking like a lot of teams when they're trying to be good and trying to get lucky. Yeah. They're smart about their shots and they shoot when they're open and they hit them. Which is like, it could have gone either way, especially when you have a guy like, you know, Alex Caruso coming off, you know, a, a championship with the Lakers a couple of years ago. Um, you have a guy like Lonzo Ball coming onto a new team, trying to prove himself. Nick Vooch coming onto a new team. We didn't, we never saw the, oh, they're going to need time to gel. We, yeah. ne- we never saw that. Even, no. even when they got Nick Vooch last year at the end of the season, that's it was kind of, that's it, when they improved. It was kind of just like yeah. Chicago just didn't have enough time. If they got Nick Vooch earlier, they're, they're making the playoffs for a hundred percent. They just didn't have enough time to gel. It's starting to figure out the Laurie marketing situation and everything too. Mm. So once they, once they got their, all their pieces, it clicked immediately and the reason why I focused on Lonzo Ball is because I, I, he's now in the, the best of spots. The the I don't know I don't know if it's the perfect spot, but it's it's definitely the best spot he's been in his career. He's not looked to be an an offensive provider from the scoring aspect yeah. on the Bulls at all. Yeah. He was definitely looked to on the Lakers, and and when Zion wasn't there, he was looked to on, on the, the Pelicans. Pelicans. Yeah. He was kind of like the, the second scoring option next to to Brandon Ingram. Now there's about three, four guys you name it on the Bulls to score before you get to Lonzo Ball. That's like a freedom for him. So now it's not as much pressure to do it. And now it allows him to be the facilitating point guard and run the offense at his pace. He doesn't have to worry about scoring the ball. Yeah. And and the the Bulls as a whole might go as Zach Levine goes, but the offense is paced through Lonzo Ball. And I think that's why it's we're seeing it run so fluid and so well. It's running really fluid because DeMar DeRozan is hitting a lot of shots right now. And that's my that's one of my caution signs of this team is that DeMar DeRozan is giving you 30 damn near every other game. I don't see that and as a bad I, thing. I, I, don't see I see that, that as, as a great thing. Right. But when you look further, Patrick Williams just got knocked out for the season, four to six months, mm-hmm. torn ligaments in his wrist. And their depth, number one guy off the bench is Alex Caruso. And then the next two are Ayu Dunsumu, rookie from Illinois, mm-hmm. and Derek Jones Jr. And that is their bench depth. It's really so. I mean, you you get back to the you know Demar Derozan, who we know, who is still like twenty three a night, twenty four a night, maybe in this office twenty five a night. Mm-hmm. But the the performances he's putting up right now, I don't think are sustainable. If they are, the Bulls are going to be great. But I think if they're shows, not, they're going to drop. I think it shows how much a uh, good point guard that can give Derozan the ball in good situations helps his game flourish. Mm-hmm. His best years were with Toronto with Kyle Lowry giving mm-hmm. him the ball. Mm-hmm. San Antonio is kind of alone. Like DeJounte, like DeJounte Murray was, was a DeJounte, facilitated well, scoring yeah. point guard. Well, DeJounte point. Murray was hurt. That was the downside. Even when he was in, he's I, not He's not a he's not set Kyle you up Lowry. in the right yeah, spot yeah, yeah. point guard. He's point not point. Lowry. He's Lonzo, though. He's, 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 he's not a smart passer like Lonzo. Right, though. right. I don't even think he's a passer. He's not a pass yeah. first point guard. So they're really getting the best out of DeRozan. And they're... If you're a Bulls fan, you're having the most fun you've had since before Derrick Rose tore his ACL. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's a, a, a buzz back in Chicago, a buzz back in the Windy City, something they, they haven't had for a long time. And what's the what's the ceiling to this Bulls team as they're constructed right now? The ceiling is not a finals. I'm sorry. I, I don't think, I don't think it I don't is either. Finals. And when we went through playoffs, I took him out for the Hornets. Yeah. Looking back on that, I should have taken out the Knicks. Um just because I, I didn't really, yeah, I would have taken out the Knicks and said that. You know, I had to take out the team. I just took out the. Bulls. And you weren't going to take out the Hornets. Oh no, the, I had to take out the team to put them in. So I took <laughs> out the Bulls. I should have put out the Knicks. I think their their ceiling is an Eastern Conference final appearance, probably a bounce there. I think there's just a plateau of teams. I think there's a top tier that's clearly the Bucks and Nets. Yeah, 
And then there's a three through six range that includes the Heat, Sixers, uh, Hawks, and Bulls. And I think they're in that range. No, you forgot about the Celtics. Celtics. I, I, put them, I, I would put them long over the term, Hawks. Long term, I'm not. Long I'd put term, them over the Hawks and the Bulls. The Celtics won 500 last year. Last without year. Jalen Brown. Yeah, last the, year. Without Jalen Brown. And, for and they have an unproven coach, season. and they just had a monumental collapse and are two and five. This is I, they're, they're a seven, eight. They'll, 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 they'll get back. I they'll trust get back. that team. Yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll, they'll get back. But if, if, if and that's that, that leads into my next point beautifully, circling back to Chicago Bulls. The best thing that could happen for them was a torrid start. Not not just a good start. Definitely yeah. not a bad start. A torrid start. Yeah. Like, think of the analogy or the illustration of the bull getting out the gate, like, like quickly and then knocking everything out its way. Yeah. They needed to do that. They needed to, to come out with a swagger, with a, with a a a rhythm to start the season that they could kind of ride because it, it, their dog days are coming. It, they, it's they going in your jazz too, but like, they but they needed momentum. They needed momentum coming out of the like, start of the it's season. It's not like they haven't played anyone. They lost to the Knicks on a missed buzzer beater by one. They beat the Jazz, who were the best team in basketball in the regular season last year. They're it's not like they've gotten a soft schedule. Like they're playing and they're proving that they're really really good yeah yeah it's, i it's, think their starting unit will be up there with every starting unit in the league mm-hmm. it's when you have to get off of that when one of those four guys has a bad game i'm, I'm nervous about this team it's not just all-star time for yeah. zach levine it's all it's like all nba time yeah now. It's he like, would have to yeah it's it's that it's that next level all right we're gonna round out uh, this ex- this this segment of the episode with these last two teams the next one people are waiting for this team to get to get back to where they are mm. And and it finally looks like they are nearing back to that uh, to that spot that they were. That's the Golden State Warriors, ninety eight point seven defensive rating, second best to the Heat. We talked about earlier, and I'm glad we're starting with that because that's that's not a spot where people are used to seeing the Warriors dominate, or or at least the reason why they're one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. If not for the Heat, this would be the best defensive rating since the since the 2015-2016 San Antonio Spurs. So they're really getting it done on the defensive end. And that man, Steph Curry, is back to being maybe the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah. Well, we saw flashes of it last year. We saw Steph mad last year. Then he missed the playoffs. And that you want to really light a fire under Steph Curry? And give him, and give him a, lot, a longer offseason to, yeah. to recover and, and train and everything? 100%. And on offense, they're moving the ball. The highest assist percentage in the league. 70.5% of their baskets have been assisted. Which is which is the best Warriors team. Let's remember that 2015-2016 that Warriors team yep. was the best at sharing the ball. Yeah. The, the ball never stuck to anybody. I remember else. I remember we were on the same page about this that the Warriors are playoff team. They're they're doing it this year. Probably Absolutely. even you know, maybe even like a top 5 seed in the West. And Clay is coming back. You said last point. week you or 2 weeks ago. You said 2 weeks ago if Clay comes back, Clay. Yeah. The Warriors win the title. And I think that's already energizing this team. 100%. Because it's, it's in them, in men, and you know the word I'm trying Embedded to say. Embedded in them. No, oh, I was going to say in, in eminent. Inevitable, inevitable. Inevitable and eminent. I was mixing them together. But it's wow. that word that Clay is coming back. <laughs> it's like he's coming back. So this yeah. team is energizing Clay this team. Coming. James Wiseman, their top pick last year, still hasn't played a game. He'll come back. I mean, I think there's a lot of, lot of look, lot to look forward to. There's a, there's a, I think there's a, there's a bravado around them. There's a thought you can tell. There's an aura. They're like, we know we're getting clay. Like yeah. we're we know we're good right now, and we know if he comes back, any resemblance of clay and they're hooping, and they're, and they're and they're still there. 
Like they all they did was they might be older, but all they did was regather their core of the best team yeah. they've ever had. Bringing Iguodala back has been Igu- looking better than I thought it would and, as and, well. And watch, watch when they like bringing Iguodala back did so much for their team, and that many doesn't show up in the box score at all. And they put Wiggins in the Harrison Barnes role. Yeah, and it, yeah. literally the same team. And but, he's playing better. But and I, Jordan Poole's playing a lot better. I, I mean, watch, there's a lot. When I watch Iguodala play, the the innate movements that the Warriors have that take you a, a year or two or maybe three to learn from the really fast-moving and complex offensive system, you don't have to teach the Iguodala. Like, when Steph gives him the ball up, he Iguodala doesn't have to remember, oh, look to the corner. Yeah. It's just automatic. I'm going to get it back to Steph and pin someone out of the corner to give it to him. Yeah. And that's that's so like that's so good for them to, to get back to that, to something that they don't have to force, they don't have to teach. He just innately gets it. Like, that's so huge. Yeah. Like that, to me – it's just like a, a, a more polished, more experienced version of that 73 and 9 team that we saw. Yeah. Like I'm seeing resemblance of it. For yeah. Sure. They're getting back to that. I mean, last year we saw them playing with a lot of guys that really shouldn't have been on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, Juan Toscano Anderson was like their top guy off the bench, and now he's barely getting any minutes, right? Damian Lee's stepped up. He's been great off the bench. They brought in an Otto Porter as well, who's putting in valuable minutes. Jordan Poole stepped up. I mean, this team's finally, last year was a down year, and we knew that, especially when Clay got hurt. And then Steph kind of kept them in it, kept them fueling, but no one around him was playing well. Now he's got guys around him playing well, and Mm -hmm. he's still elevating his game. There's a lot, a lot more to be done this season for the Warriors, and I trust them to do it. If if Steph Curry has players, let, let, let me start by saying this. Steph Curry is playing maybe the best basketball, like maybe in his career through these first seven games, like just how he looks. Like he looks incredible. He looks good. When Steph Curry has players playing around him like well, he's out of this world amazing. Yeah. When he doesn't have players playing around him well, he, he his his game to me doesn't like isn't able to, to shoulder an entire unit, an entire team, and carry it to a playoffs to a finals. Yeah. But let players produce around him and Steph Curry, a Steph Curry led team will get you to a finals, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think you can I just think the, I think the Warriors have that right. I now. think last year you could game plan against them to just shut down Steph. I don't. That's that's obviously a huge part of your game plan now, but you can't solely focus on that and having the shot to beat the Warriors. I I even think there's a there's a way that they won't need James Wiseman to come back. I agree. Like I think there's very much a spot where the Warriors can get to where James Wiseman and his role becomes. Expendable. When Wiseman got hurt last year, they got better. <laughs> the, well, their center has never been a scoring center. James Wiseman is a ball in the middle. I need, I need yeah. the ball scoring center. They might want They've to never, trade him at the deadline done. to get pieces that will help them. I'm sorry. They won a championship with Kevon Ludi as their center before. Do it again. Like, they, they need their center to, to rebound and defend. I don't think you should trade James Wiseman. I think that, uh, to get uh, to get shooting and more bench depth, I think you absolutely can trade James Wiseman. Wow. Maybe, maybe you don't have to. I think you absolutely. There's a scenario where that's the future of the Warriors is James Wiseman. No, it's no. no. He's really good. No. He's and really he's, good. He's and really he's good. really young. He's really good. He's not, the future of the Warriors has a better chance of always has a better chance of being a guard. But I'll so. take the gamble of you, you still have a lot more years than Steph. Of Steph being great, you have at least two or three more, probably more. I'll take it. I'll take. Well, I'll take the what, young guy that you picked so high that has this, all this potential. If Wiseman's great in like two years and Steph's still balling, Clay's still there, and you got this guy on the last year of his rookie player option, 
and he's just awesome. I mean, I keep Wiseman 100%. Think about what we just talked about, though. How the Steph Warriors- is turning 34 this year. Like, there's not a lot of time left. That's what I said. He has two or three more great years left, though. So maybe, maybe. But the, real quick. you got to go all in on what you have with Steph now. Thank you. Think about think about what we just talked about. Oh, Draymond, are, Jane, Clay. You don't know how much his body's going to hold up after his Achilles and. But all ACL. in, that's still your starting center. What are you going to trade him for? It doesn't need to be. Listen. Think about what we just talked about. The Warriors are trying to, to get the resemblance of, of their best team ever, the 73-19. Name me a time where their center was ever like a crazy productive center when, when they were winning championships. Yeah, I, I agree. Vale McGee, Kavan. Bogut was solid. I, oh, Bogut was solid. Was, but oh, but I, sorry. I Bogut agree. Was, Bogut was giving the But bucket. the problem Bogut is was you're coming up. Bogut was really good defensively. Exactly. They yeah. need you to defend and, and, and rebound. They don't need James Wiseman. He's great to have. But if I can get more of my DNA, three-point shooting, defensive bench depth yeah. from the guard play, I'm, yeah. I'm getting that but, from James, for James Wiseman. But the last time. time we saw them at that level was a loss to the Raptors in the championship. I mean, these because aren't Clay the same got guys. Yeah, and, got but Clay's coming off of an ACL and an Achilles. There is no more KD. Matt mentioned Steph's 34. I mean, maybe you do need a center to have a good role. No, you need you Iguodala. Need center for peace. Iguodala is so healed. far. For James yeah, you do that 100%. Do that. I, do that. I don't know. I, don't I know love Buddy Heald. I don't know. I'll do that. Talk about the caution <laughs> signs for the Warriors. You're not getting Buddy Heald, though. Well, you're not getting Buddy Heald. The caution signs is one, they've played the easiest schedule in the league. Okay. And the, based off strength of schedule, that's based on the stats. That's not an opinion. And two, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Andre Guadalla, Andrew Wiggins, Otto Porter, Kevon Looney, and probably everyone else, but I stopped looking at that point, <laughs> have the highest or have the greatest defensive seasons of their careers so far. In terms of defensive rating. So it's tough for any of them, especially like the, the one you think could maybe hold it is like Draymond, but of how good of a defender he's been. Mm-hmm. It's tough for me to believe that any of those guys are going to have the greatest defensive year of their season, of their career, mm-hmm. but they are all of them right now. So I, I think there's a couple of caution flags that, you know, what's this team right now? Five and five and two, five, five and two. one, five and one. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe you run that back ten times, and they're more of like a four and two, three and three team right now. But they're still really good. It won't sustain itself, but for them to have to to be building that muscle yeah, of, of playing defense is great. Hundred percent, great for them. Yeah, this is more of just it's a sample size stat. Clearly better than they were last year. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And the West, the Lakers roster doesn't look like it's built that well. Mm. The West is there for the taking. One hundred percent. Yeah, the NBA also just because you already said it about the East. The NBA is so deep this year, like yeah. so, like like there's the, like, there's like the there's Magic are bad, the OKC's bad, there's but there's like not too many teams six, past that that are bad. There's like six, like seven teams, or if they won the championship, wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and like, there's a ton like, of teams that if they make the playoffs, wouldn't surprise, wouldn't surprise me. me. Like we're way long past the days of penciling in Cavs Warriors for the finals. Yeah, yeah man, we're better for it's it. It's gonna be a great Although, year. Although I do kind of miss the days where I just automatically hated the Warriors. I don't automatically hate them anymore. Yeah. Those were those were simpler times, man. Some more time. Quick one. We're gonna do this last team quick because they spent the entire entire year last year being the number one team in the NBA. It looks like they might do that again. And that's the okay. Utah Jazz. Top five in offensive and defensive rating. Stop me if you've ever heard this before. Yeah. Top five in offensive and defensive rating. Only team in the league that can has the same uh, as the Heat uh, this year. They're also the only team in the league that did it all of last year. Yeah. So the Utah Jazz are just being the Utah Jazz. Yeah. How about that? And like, I mean, like. No one's doing better. Donovan Mitchell statistically is slightly worse than last year. Rudy Gobert, outside of the fact that he's averaging 18 rebounds a game, which is stupid, 
isn't doing anything special to bring you over the top. I mean, it's, it's, the it's, youth all jazz. It's, 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 we know what it is. Yeah. They're a great regular season team. And I do. When your only offensive, um, when your only offensive acquisition is Eric Pascal, no disrespect. Shout out Nova Nation, go Cats. When yeah. your only offensive acquisition is Eric Pascal in the offseason, and yeah. you fizzled out in the playoffs last there was, year. No, they had one more. There's one more good addition. I can't pull it, but I saw it today. I'll say, oh, I'll say your biggest. Your biggest and most noteworthy. Maybe. Oh, Hassan Whiteside. That's who it is. Okay, if your biggest and most noteworthy yeah. is Eric Pascal, <laughs> then then you got. Then it's a good. It's problem. a good addition, though. It was yeah, a huge one. indictment when. Kawhi went down at the series two two, and they lost games five and six. Yes. When like, Paul George, when when Paul George got to get rid of the, like the pandemic P nickname on your behalf, that's they're not, they're that's not they're they're the same team as they were last year. They'll rake it in the regular season. They might get like fifty eight wins, but then they'll flame out in the second round to whoever the hot four or five seed is. Yeah. What they will get this year, though, is a fully healthy Mike Conley. I mean, fingers crossed he stays healthy. But right. they didn't have that last year. He was hurt for a long time. And he's playing good basketball, so maybe that adds, it adds another element. I know he was there in the playoffs, but he hadn't played with those guys for that long at that point. Now you get a whole other season. Could see it, but I, I agree with what Matt said. I mean, the Jazz are really good, but there's a lot of teams that can beat them, and one of those teams is probably going to beat them. Uh, the Jazz can be as good as they want, man, as long as people don't get fooled into thinking Rudy Gobert is Defensive Player of the Year again. Yeah. As long as, as, long as we don't have to go down that road. They can't give it to him again. We will transition. They might. We will. They might. <laughs> we will transition um, in this episode of Straight Facts Podcast. Thank you for being with us today. We're going to move into our next segment because I got two gamblers with me. The biggest degenerate of the show is not here, or else he would be loving this next segment. Yeah, this, we're going to. This segment right. was made for him. It's made for him. Yeah. It's made for him. I mean, he pretty much wrote it. He's not here with us, but he pretty much wrote it in the script because he, he could not help himself. We're going to put our betting hats on a little bit here, getting getting to a new segment that we're going to call. Good shot, long shot, or no shot. I have some odds for us, and when we say them, we're going to say if this odd has a good shot. It's a futures bet. It's just got a good shot to hit, long shot to hit, or it's got no shot to hit. And we will start out right the gate hot with the Miami Heat, just like we started the first segment. Jimmy Butler opened at plus 3,000 to win MVP. Mm-hmm. Kyle, good shot, long shot, or no shot? Yeah, with plus 3,000 is the reason I'll call it a good shot. In terms of the value in taking that bet, because if the Heat end up the number one seed in the East, as we said, the Heat go as Jimmy Butler goes, mm-hmm. it will be fully because of him, and it would be tough for me to look at another player. And I know the NBA is more of a stat MVP award, where the NFL is more, you know, success. But they still take into account if your team's the one seed. So if the Heat are the one seed, I think there's a good shot, or I guess I think overall there's a good shot for him to be MVP just because if they are the one seed, Jimmy Butler's going to be the MVC. Those are great odds. The fact that Lillard is higher than him, the fact that Paul George is higher than him, doesn't make any sense. I got to shout out the reigning MVP, though, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Who I think people won't vote for because voter fatigue, but he is lighting it up this year, and it should be a good bet at 18-1, to but... Yeah. Voters are stupid. I just want to say some Jokic numbers quickly. Yeah. Right, right. But this, okay, you can say the Jokic numbers, but one, you're going to answer the question. No, 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 no. It's a good value. It's great value. Great value. Great value. So, yeah, the, Jokic Jokic, the Nuggets are plus 80 in the 213 minutes Jokic is on the floor, minus 62 in the 123 he's not. 
We so know that, this. That's a swing of 140 <laughs> points. We know this. And his splits by shooting distance, so from 0 to 3 feet, 80%, 3 to 10 feet, 56, 10 to 16, 63, 16 to 3-point range, 80, 3-point beyond 40. Yeah. He is lighting it up again. He is 80% from long two. He's I'm the he's the most dominant, boring player of all time. And he's playing. He's kind of injured right now. He's a little yeah, banged, up banged up right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it, the most exciting part of his game is his passing. Mm-hmm. But he is so good, and he doesn't get enough credit because his team isn't good enough to carry. To but he he deserves. More people forget that he won MVP last. Yeah, I I do. One, I think this was your extended victory lap because I do have to give our guy Stat Matt credit. Before it was popular to say Jokic was MVP, that man said Jokic was MVP. Yeah. When it was popular to say that Embiid and LeBron and Dame Lil were MVP, still would have been Embiid if he didn't get hurt. Probably, <laughs> but even but even in that train. Yeah, you're right. Stat Matt Robinson said that Nikola Jokic was going to win MVP. Yep. We scoffed at him. We said, you're crazy, Stat Matt. You got this one wrong. I was, he was right. You got to give his flowers. I wasn't, I wasn't on that you episode. Got, you got I, you I would have said it, but I didn't say it because I was But 30, to, like to, 30 to 1 is great odds for Jimmy Butler. Yeah, yeah. Great. absolutely fantastic. I'm going to go I'm gonna go good shot to great shot. And I might even put right here now that. Sprinkle a little bit on it. Like, like, like Jimmy Jimmy Butler could absolutely win MVP this season. Yeah. Even from a not non Betting standpoint. Just so you like, straight up yes or no. Put ten bucks on that. If he wins MVP, you got you win three hundred. Yeah. Just think no, about that. Yeah, I'm right. Yeah, you're right. Um, but the reason why I say that, just if you had to ask me yes or no, what is he gonna win MVP? I, I might say yes. And we talk about the you know, we talked about the acquisitions of PJ Tucker and Kyle Lowry and what they bring to the Miami Heat. Allows Jimmy Butler to open up other facets of his game, other MVP like facets of his game. We all remember the the famous picture of him over the over the the stanchion over the side in the bubble. Yeah. spent. That's because Jimmy Butler was doing everything for this Heat team. Yeah, and the reason he couldn't come back for a lot last year is because we can't Jimmy Butler can't be here if he's not one hundred percent. Because when he's here, we need him to do everything. So what do you do? You go get PJ Tucker, so Jimmy Butler doesn't have to guard the the other team's best player. All, all game long. Yep. You will get Kyle Lowry so Jimmy Butler doesn't have to be the facilitator on offense and put other people in his spot. He can get the ball in his spot. You go get Markeith Morris so Jimmy Butler doesn't have to be the enforcer on the team and run up in everybody's jersey and spend energy doing that. They're actually able to look to Jimmy Butler during the game, at the end of the game with energy, and say, take us home, lead us. Yep. And he's not running on fumes while he's doing also, it. Also, Butler's not the kind of guy who takes like regular season games off. No. He's all in 100%. Yeah. He's not going to coast. He's not going to pull like a LeBron where he, like not not slamming LeBron, but LeBron coasts in the regular season a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys do these days. One of my favorite Jimmy Butler stories is from the bubble, where at 2 a.m. there's like a pounding coming from his room. And... <laughs> And people were wondering what it was, and they knocked on his door, and it's like, "What's happening?" He's like fully drenched in sweat, and it's like, "I'm dribbling." Practicing my dribble. <laughs> yeah. so, like, not what they expected when to hear that noise and a, yeah. and a sweaty Jimmy Butler. Like, no, I'm, I'm dribbling the basketball. <laughs> like, I'm sure, I'm sure Housekeeping was excited about that call. I had the joke there, but we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna stick to an MVP to the MVP conversation because another guy, interesting odds, John Morant. Yeah, plus thirty two hundred to win MVP. Man, I'm starting the long, with the long way this time. You, good shot, long shot. No I don't shot. like it. He's not there. He's not MVP. So you don't like it as long shot or no shot? Well, consider no shot. Considering that it's only a little bit better odds than Butler, 
Butler's so much more likely because his team's much more likely to have a better record than the yeah, Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah. He's a better player than John Morant, and he has the name recognition. Morant's not there yet. He's like the year before he's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he's like, oh, he'll start in the All Star game. Everyone, will, but he's not. He's he's a notch below contending for MVP. I think there's there's levels to it. There's where John Morant is. There's a step before getting there. Then you get there. Then you win MVP. Then you gotta win it. Then yeah. you win MVP. The game when you're there is a step before winning MVP. Yeah. I think Jaw's there, and I think for the same reasons. I was originally long shot. I'm gonna go no shot as well because seating matters when you talk to, uh, talk about the MVP. Yep. And I think Jaw is very dependent on Jaron Jackson being there and Dylan Brooks playing well in his role and other guys flourishing in their role. And when they're not, Jaw will have great games, but the Grizzlies will struggle to. You know, to even contend for that playing spot. Yep. And an MVP doesn't do that. An MVP is is no worse than a four or five seed. No unless worse. unless you're Russ that one year. That yeah, yeah. The, the the you know breaking the record for triple doubles. Year. Yeah. But I'm gonna go no shot as well. I don't think John Morant's got a shot. To yeah, it, it's no shot for me. Matt talked about the value. James talked about this team might not even be in the playoffs. I think they do, but even that's kind of a bold take with how good the West is right now. So I think it's no shot. Um, can he win the scoring title? Maybe, yeah. maybe. He the scoring yeah, maybe. <sighs> but can he win the MVP? You I don't think keep so. Pace. You got it. Josh streaky now, and you got to keep pace with Damian Lillard and Brad yeah. Beal and Steph. Beal, Beal won't be up there this year. Yep, there right now. He won't be up there this year. Why do you say he won't be up there this year? You don't got and, and Russ. You got Russ taking the ball. Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie. Usage he, rate is. If he led the league in scoring with Russell Westbrook on his team, he can lead the league. Yeah, in but that team was so team. much worse. The Wizards are playing decent basketball. Montrez Harrell is hooping. Apparently, but no he re- one, no one has the usage rate Russ ever has. Yeah, I know, but Dinwiddie is like damn close to it. That's what I was getting at. Like Dinwiddie's controlling the ball a lot. Kuzma's getting shots up. I don't think Beal will lead it this year. And Lillard's starting really slow too. We might have to revisit that one. Yeah, we could. We might have to revisit that one. That's interesting. We'll move on to the sixth man of the year. Buddy Heald opens at plus 3,000. A lot of 3,000 3,200. But Buddy Heald opens at plus 3,000 to win sixth man of the year. Before we get into it, other player, the uh, other players with better odds that we've seen. Tyler Hero, Jordan Clarkson, Derrick Rose, Montrex Harrell, you just talked about. Cam Reddish, who was hooping yep. for the Atlanta Hawks. But Buddy Heald, interesting one, Kyle. Good shot, long shot, no shot. Good shot. Really? I think Buddy Heald has a good shot. Um, this is one that I would bet. Um, just maybe even on just get the cash out value. I wouldn't yeah. bet too much, but that's really good odds. I mean, if you look at Jordan Clarkson last year, who did it? 18.4 points a game. Buddy Heald's at 17.6. Four rebounds for Clarkson. Heald's at six. Assists are comparable. Field goal percentage is about the same. Three-point percentage for it's Buddy Heald is nine better. I think if the Kings, and this is a point that Jake made, because I actually talked to Jake about this. If the Kings make the playoffs, I think there is a really good shot Way better than plus three thousand. That Buddy Heald will be the sixth man of the year. Wow, I think I'll, I'll say long shot. I won't say good shot, but there's definitely a shot that he wins this. Um, and it's because the sixth man of the year award is is not dependent on how good your team is. Yeah, it's it's literally just who is the best player coming up off the bench. I agree, but I also think Jordan Clarkson benefited had from a that. lot of benefit from 100%. the Jazz being the best team. Well, it season. puts you more in the spotlight when yeah. your team is good. But if you're the the top. Like uh, the top points per game getter off the bench, he will be top two, top yeah. three, and six man of the year yeah. voting. This is how as, as long as Buddy Hill can do that, he's got an absolute shot yeah. to win. Before you go, Matt, real quick. So the guys ahead of him, Tyler Hero, yeah, balling. I agree. Jordan Clarkson, 
huge step back from last year already. I don't think he'll do it again. Derrick Rose, I can see not sustainable, too many though. people to get the ball in the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, Might even become a starter. Montrezl Harrell should be a starter. He started and just led them to actual victories over the past two weeks with Daniel Gafford out. Somehow they start Gafford last night. I think Trez, being a I think Trez will be the starter. And then Cam Reddish, Buddy Heald, is a toss-up in some people's eyes. I'll take the person who's more experienced at doing it. And more consistent. Doing yeah, it. so I think the odds Tyler, are just it's him really or Tyler good. Hero. It'll be him or Tyler Hero at the end of the season. I mean, Clarkson could find a way up there, but Heald's already had a huge head start on him. You got to do a lot to repeat a six-man of the year. Like you Manu did it like every year. Lou Williams. Yeah, Lou Will and Manu would do it like every year. That's Hall of Famers, though. Maybe not Lou. No, yeah. he's not. <laughs> Manu doesn't like. Manu may, Manu may not even be all. Of Manu's a hall no, no, Manu's hundred. It's also the basketball hall of fame in his international season. True, very true, well. very true. But he's a hall of famer on the stars. We should have made the seventy-five. But uh, Buddy Hield at thirty-one, good shot. That's a great. He, I, I think he's the second most likely to win after Hero. Mm. Like the fact, uh, I, I think this is honestly a better bet than Jimmy Butler. Really, because. Six man of the year, people like to get a little funky with it. You don't have to be like Tyler Hero. He'll be on like the best team among like the six man of the year contenders. Maybe Jordan Clarkson, if he plays better. But Buddy Heald, people like Buddy Heald. People want to give Buddy Heald credit. Buddy Heald will do what Buddy Heald does. Yeah. And the Kings have a good shot at like sneaking into the eight seed. Yeah. Or the playing game. 30 to 1 is fantastic odds. And he's playing kind of the best ball i know this is actually one where you really have to say small sample size for mm-hmm. buddy healed but i've watched him come in i've watched these rotations he comes in and i mean he's playing really well and there's even more minutes to be had he's already playing more minutes and this is a big thing with clarkson last year who played more minutes than bogdanovich right. played more minutes than joe ingles buddy Heald's playing more minutes than some point. of these starters so i i think yeah there's a huge mole here for him That's to get right. six man of the year nice we're going to transition, transition to some football futures bets really quick. Elijah Mitchell, plus 5,000 to an offensive rookie of the year. I mean, there's a couple people with some better odds. Yeah, you know? come on, yo. They got some Jamar Chases. You got some Najee Harris. Kyle Pitts maybe sneaking up in there. Um, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields probably started with better odds at this point. Maybe maybe, yeah. uh, maybe Elijah Mitchell might have been a better spot to put your money. But plus 5,000. Kyle, good shot, long shot. No, no shot. shot. No shot. No I'm shot. With I'm, with you, I'm with you. No shot. Jamar Chase probably gets it. If not, I don't see a world where Jamar if Chase not, the offensive rookie. Of the if year. not, Najee will get it. He's a better running back. Kyle Pitts is having a huge leap now in the second half of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, Very good. sustainable now that Calvin Ridley is going to be out for a couple weeks. Still a QB award, so if Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields start to muster up some wins, I mean, this is... They want to get through... Well. I was going to say Jones. Mac Jones. Yeah, yeah. Mac Jones. I didn't list that. I'm sorry about that. No, I'm, sure Mac, I'm sure Mac Jones is he's probably He's probably right after um, Jamar and Najee. This is recency bias. Eli Mitchell just had a great game. Yeah. It's his second Jamar great game Chase of the year. Gonna, I mean. Unless he gets injured, he's going to win. He's going to win. They're, 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 it's, it's, it's handed out no to him already. No shot. And here's the thing. No, not Elijah Mitchell. But if any of these names besides... Najee Harris was on here, I'd say no shot. Then Najee Harris gets a long shot, and that's dependent on Jamar Chase gets hurt. The only way Jamar Chase doesn't get this award is if he doesn't finish the season. Yeah. He, he, he could not play the last two or three games and probably but still hey, get it. His teammate was in the same boat last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah, what I'm saying. saying. <laughs> Health dependent. It and can we, happen. We don't, we don't ever want to project an injury or wish for never, one. But, never. Um, okay, this next one is stupid. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to get Jake for this next one. I'm going to get you for telling me to keep it in in the script in the group chat today. 
<laughs> full disclosure, full disclosure. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get the full scope of what's going on. If I would have known what was happening, I would have said take it out. Jake, I'm mad at you for this one. Saints plus thirty one hundred to win the Super Bowl. I don't know what, and and he does this. This is the second time where he's put something in the script, knowing he won't have to face it when the episode goes live. Because I'd love to look him in his face right now and ask him why he put this in here. He was right about the Rams, though. The other one you're referring to. What, through the Chiefs of the NFC? Yeah. It depends on how you view the Chiefs <laughs> right now. But let me get mine out the way. No shot. No shot. Absolutely no shot. Um, but good shot, long shot, no shot. No shot. Even if the season even if the season ended right now, they're still the sixth seed in the NFC. There's no shot. They just lost their quarterback. No shot. Here's a stat. No dome team has ever won an outside conference championship game. They're not going to have home field advantage in the playoffs. They're not going to be – they don't have a quarterback good enough let to them, win road playoff games. Let them go to Green Bay. And, again, a Dome team has never, ever <laughs> won an outside conference championship game. That's not a coincidence. That, yeah, like, it's not. It's cold they're, outside in they're January. They're for the Vikings yeah. to start making a run. It's That's something they need to see. It's cold outside in January. But, um, no, it's all I need to see. I get it was a big game. You're happy Mark Ingram's back. Excited because Trevor Simeon came in. Ingram looks the, good. I won the game for you. Yeah, he looks great. Yeah, looks good. Yeah. When you're when you're in the locker room, strobe lights going off, smoke going nah. everywhere, Jameis dancing on his crutches. Oh. When you're doing that after week eight, you got a problem. When you when you're celebrating a week eight victory like you won the Super Bowl and you got to play us again in our house. Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. There's no Super Bowl team that gets that hype 45% of the way through I, the season for a win. Yeah, no, you're right. No, about, no way. You're right about that. That's all I needed to see. But that was the greatest video I've ever seen. That was good. Cool. That was awesome. Awesome. And I'm sure every Saints <laughs> Mark fan loved. Mark Ingram just hit the gritty. Killed it. Killing and it. And then they face switch and Jameis Winston with a double crush. Oh, my and, God. And every person who doesn't root for the Saints loved that. Because that imagine video if ever. Carson Wentz. Minutes after tearing his ACL, is dancing on the same ACL that he had just torn. Imagine that. All right, that's a great look for you, right? It makes me feel great. Well, no, he had the brace leg up. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Man. Just because I watched that video Corny. maybe 100 times. He ran that back a bunch and that's of times. And that's not an exaggeration. I maybe watched that 100 times. I watched it one time because it was mad corny. Watch it again. And it, and it made me really mad. Saints talk so much crap for a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl. This era of the Saints of Kamara, mm. Michael Thomas – Michael Thomas out for the season now. I know. But, which, which also puts a damper on this whole bet. But this Granted, whole era, like, I remember when they beat the Eagles in the divisional round and they acted like they won the Super Bowl before the NFC title game. And they're, they're, they always get too hyped before the – when they beat the Bucs in the regular season last year, they're talking <laughs> like the best <laughs> team ever. And we got to see you again. If, if you just season swept us and this was week 14, maybe. But you, you got to see us again. You got to come to the pirate ship. Like, who that? Yeah, it's tough. And the that. NFC is loaded. I ain't worried about them. NFC is stacked. I'm so not worried The fact about that them. they're, what are they, five and two, and they're the sixth seed right now? Um, they so lost to the Giants. They're still not even in first place in the division. I'm so not even worried about them. I don't want to talk about them. Right. I'm not worried about them. Last one Joe Burrow plus 4,000 to win MVP. People already pretty much penciling him in for comeback player of the year. But how about MVP? Matt, I'll go to you. I love it. 
Wow. You didn't let me ask the question. I love it. <laughs> love I've, it. Loved, I've loved it for a while. A couple of weeks ago, I said Burrow's good odds. This is for cash out, though. This is, this is not to take all the way home. This is to cash out. I don't know. The Bengals, I know I the Bengals had a really tough loss to the Jets, but that's like a young team loss. They could, if they go 11 and 6, they 12 still and put five. up like 34 in that loss. Like they see any, like they defense lost that game. But Burrow threw a kind of bad pick, though. Mm-hmm. And they got a rough call, too, on the. That was horrible. Yeah, that, that, was, that was horrible. That was really rough. But Burrow was playing out of his mind. A qu- no quarterback is really lighting it up, right? Completely. And at forty to one, those are I, I, I Burrow. I'd like it. I, if I were to place it, I'd put him at eighteen to one. So I love forty to one. I think I, I think they're going to be like the fun story of the season the rest of the way. I think they're going to, I think they're going to be one of the AFC is bad. And they got a shot to go far in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. I'm just imagining the math that went on in Matt's head to put that 18 to one. It's such a random number. Yeah, you know the scene in Hangover where Allen's got like all the the stuff going out at the craps table. That's Matt just because <laughs> I 100 believe 40 that to one. Oh, no, I see. I have no idea what goes into an algorithm of, of setting a line, but a, for some reason I believe that yeah, 18, 18 to one. That I sounds, believe that 18 to one. So how sounds so good. Wholeheartedly, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go long shot. Um, just because I don't see this scenario happening, mm. but if the if the Bengals are like top two team in the AFC, and as Matt said, no quarterbacks lighting it up right now, I think there is a clear path for him to win this. Right? There's not a clear path for the Saints to win the Super Bowl. There's not a clear path for John Morant to win MVP. The ones that were saying no shot on. There is a clear path for Joe Burrow to do it. And I mean, we can look past this week. I hope. But if you go back a week further, they killed the Ravens, killed them. Joe Burrow went off. There's I mean, I don't know if it's clear. It's got some. It's got some uh, trees and some I'm rocks saying, and stuff in I'm it. I'm saying there's, I, a path. there's a path that you can see. Now right, the right, reason right, I'm right. saying long shot is because I don't believe in that path. But if they do it, I mean, other names up there. Who are you thinking? Josh Allen has a shot. Stafford. Stafford. Murray. I'm still holding on to the fact that Tom Brady could win MVP this year. Mm. So, but I, I think he could do it. Forty to one, definitely. Um, I agree with Matt aren't the correct odds speaking facts goes into our next segment perfectly like how i did that right yeah he, he just kind of said the segment in. <laughs> <laughs> speaking <laughs> facts is our next segment if you guys didn't if you guys didn't realize that um so we'll start it with with our guy dan Orlovsky. my guy really i love Dan. i, I love, like dan i, I love dan he, he started it hot with this one the cleveland browns are the most disappointing team in the NFL, the Browns right now are four and four, only half game back for a playoff spot right now. Um, but the, but a very disappointing team. But is, is Dan Olofsky speaking facts? Are they the most disappointing team in the league right now? No. And I've already said it on the podcast who is. It's the Miami Dolphins for every reason I've labeled mm-hmm. in the past episodes. Mm-hmm. Now they've still just gotten worse, still just kept losing games. Now they're one and seven. This team was 10 and six last year. Playoff hopeful really should have made the playoffs. Ten and six gets you in the playoffs most years. Didn't happen for them. But now you come back one and seven. You should be hungry. You should be hungry. I know Tua got hurt. I don't care. He probably would have lost those games anyways. Jacoby Brissett played okay. This defense was supposed to be better than it was. The offense was supposed to be better than it was. Jalen Waddle's a slight, you know, slight upgrade at wide receiver and a slight bright spot the way he's been playing. But they can't even get him the ball. And when they do, they still don't win games. I think it's the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we're talking about, you said it, only a half game back in the playoffs in the Cleveland Browns. They win yeah, one game next week. One team oh, loses. They're in a playoff spot. Contextually, how they've done it, it looks bad. 
He's speaking facts. They're the most disappointing team in the no. league. I look, I look at these other teams, and then and, and I'll start with your Dolphins first. One, you talked about it. Their starting quarterback got injured. And then I look at the rest of their team. He missed one game. But, but I, I look at the rest of their team. Position by position, look how much talent the Browns have on their team. Is their quarterback better than the Browns quarterback? No. Is their starting re- Are their starting receivers better than the Browns starting receivers? No. No. Is their, is their defense better than the Browns defense? No, no. So, yeah, so also the Browns aren't one and seven. Either. Right, right, right. But the but the Browns are four and four. And I think marginally the 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 drop of where we thought the Dolphins would be, where we thought the Browns would be, and the drops where they are now are yeah. probably equal. Yeah. But the Browns have so much talent. The Browns were respected to make that next leap into conference title like contenders. Yeah. And they're playing terrible right now. The 49ers. Uh, quarterback influx. The Colts, you might have me with the Colts. No, Colts, I got you on another team. Just playing back. Matt, you know where I'm going with this? The Chiefs. The, the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs. With the same record and more talent. The Chiefs. The and Chiefs. have been to the Super Bowl the past two years. I think on paper the Browns have more talent on their defense than the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. I don't ever but that's a bigger them. disappointment. Wait, wait, I don't ever expect them to be. <laughs> the, the Browns last year, people forget, they had a negative point differential. Like, they went 11-5, and five, but it was like a fluky 11-5, and five, and then they won a nice playoff game against the Steelers. They got hot at the right time. No, yeah, they deserve to be they're there. They're like a Cinderella's, but they weren't They weren't that good. And this year, they're playing back to what their average. They're like no. a 500 team. No, they are, they are, no, they are playing below their margin. They're playing they're, they're, they're playing a little low, but it, it hurts that the Bengals are actually good. I have to, look, I have to look at context, good. too. Browns fans have never seen good football in their lives, except for like last year. So... In fact, this is probably like the third best Browns team of their life. If if their Browns fan our age is like the third best team they've ever seen of their of their favorite Browns our age. I'm just Browns fan, so second <laughs> last year was the first. Yeah, like, it, like yeah. they just just they had, they had football yeah. teams. Yeah, so, so like they're they're a they're a decent team. Uh, I've said two weeks ago that their schedule is going to get easier. Um, the Patriots might be a little better disapp- than I thought. The, but- the word disappointing is is the glaring thing. Like stuff is letting you down. They have an offense that that should be high powered if everybody is there. And there's like four or five games they've yet to score twenty. A defense that's supposed to be locked down, and they have two losses where they've scored 35, 38 plus. Jarvis Landry was rough. And, and their best player, one of their best players, is dropping wide open TD passes to win the game. Yeah. That's disappointing. Disappointing. Man. Yeah, that is disappointing. I can hear the argument. Maybe against the Dolphins, who I do think are the most disappointing. But you got to look at the Chiefs, Chiefs, man. That's why he's not speaking facts. Not just because, like, there's one team, like, all right, you can throw the Dolphins in. But now I can throw the Chiefs in, who I think are definitely more disappointing than the Browns. Now I can throw the 49ers in, who are supposed to win their conference, that are just as disappointing as the Browns could be. I don't give the – because the 49ers are Fugazi. We saw that before the beginning. But that's public perception. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I I don't think they're most disappointing. And honestly, they're a win and a loss from another team away from just getting back into a playoff spot. I'm mad they let the Steelers win, though. I'm mad they let the Steelers win. Toughest division in football right now. But let's go back to your Chiefs point because that goes into the next one. You talk about the Chiefs being the most disappointing team in the league, and a lot of that points to Patrick Mahomes, who leads the league in interceptions right now, just you know, isn't off to the right start. Our guy, Stephen A. Smith, who – we might as well just call this Speaking Facts featuring Stephen A. Smith because he's in this every single time. Yeah. Every single time. What do you say? He says 30,000 takes a year? 30,000 takes a year. Yeah, we'll we go, we, and, and we, we, we do. Them, have them on, are on straight facts. We only do 52 episodes. <laughs> right, right. So – he said another one, and he said this past week, we've seen the best. We've already seen the best of Patrick Mahomes. Stat Matt, you made a face. Is he speaking facts or not? No, it, it's, it's, 
Have we he, seen the best? No. Have we seen the that's that's what he's saying, though. He's, no. he's not saying he's bad, he's saying the best is behind no. Patrick Mahomes. No, 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 no. Let me tell you a story of inarguably a top three quarterback of all time. In his fourth year in the league, his team kind of collapsed. They went six and ten. His stats for that year were 26 touchdowns, 23 interceptions, leading the league. An 84 passer rating, and that man's name was Peyton Manning. What did Peyton Manning have? What do you mean, what did he have? That Patrick Mahomes doesn't have. What did, what did Peyton Manning Peyton have? Peyton Manning, after that year, lit up this – he had the best years of his career. It's, it's, it's a classic example of a youngish QB trying to overcompensate for an underperforming team and trying to do too much and forcing the ball. And he's still, like, middle of the league in, like, stats. He's mm-hmm. like – 17th in passer rating Mahomes in like the advanced stats and DYAR. Uh, he's like 12th. Like he's doing too much, but it's when his horrible is like league average, like he'll, he'll be next year, he'll be back. Also, there's a lot of stuff with like Andy Reid after the whole incident with his son. I don't think his head's in it as much. Uh, that happened with the Eagles when his son tragically died in preseason. He had the worst year of his Eagles career. His son uh, got into a car accident that resulted in a death right before the Super Bowl. And since that game, Reed's coaching has not been good mm-hmm. either. So I think it's a combination of a lot of things. The defense getting exposed. Mahomes trying to do too much. And will Mahomes' peak is – this is just like a – we're going to look, look back. There's like, oh, it was a weird year where he didn't play well, but whatever. Um, well – Give credit to the to the Chiefs. There's one thing the Chiefs He's do. He's 26. Right, right. You got to remember how young he is. If there's one thing the Chiefs are going to do, it's address their problems and their shortcomings. They did it in the offseason. They did it at the trade deadline, traded for, for two DNs uh, to go and help their defense. But when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, I don't think Stephen A is speaking facts. Let's not get carried away now. Yeah. Let's, let, let, let's, let's not ever get carried away. Like this man can't have a bounce back year next year or the year after, like he's like Matt said. He's 26. I don't think we've seen the best of Patrick Mahomes. I've seen, I think we've seen the end of undisciplined Patrick Mahomes. Because Patrick Mahomes, ever since he came in the league, was able to make plays happen unconventionally. Un, uh, without mechanics, without discipline. Mm-hmm. He was able <clears throat> to get outside the pocket, scramble around, and since he had the fastest player in the league and the most creative tight end in the league, he's able to find people downfield. That gimmick stuff is over. Players and teams have figured it out now. That when Patrick Mahomes gets outside the pocket and tries to scramble and get creative and get crazy, you plaster his receivers, you keep them inside there, and you make them throw a bad pass. And when he throws the bad pass, he's likely to throw an interception or it's going to be off target and very much incomplete. So we haven't seen, I'll say it again, we haven't seen the best of Patrick Mahomes. We've seen the end of undisciplined Patrick Mahomes. And if Patrick Mahomes wants to get better, and I think he will, the revisiting of mechanics and and getting back to good fundamental football has to be there because it hasn't been there since he started succeeding. Yeah. But but the league is it's not no one's getting fooled by it in the league anymore. Yeah, I mean that's so a- so he could so he's gonna come back. Yeah. But you know he's he's gotta get his mechanics under him now. Yeah. Stephen A is not speaking facts. And it's like so like best how do you even determine best? Three years ago he was MVP. Two years ago he won a Super Bowl. Last year he was third in MVP voting and then lost his in the best, Super Bowl. His best is MVP. I he's, mean he set the bar I mean it's just like so he set the bar so high to where like Patrick Mahomes can go on to have one of the greatest careers ever and still 
might have already hit his best, but I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think speaking is not speaking facts. I mean, this man signed the biggest contract in NFL history, mm. and it doesn't even kick in the money till next year. I mean, there's so much more of Patrick Williams we're going to see. I think this year he's been really just like a subject of a lot of unlucky interceptions. I'm just going to ramble this off. I didn't look up this stat, but I can almost for certain say it's true. He's had the most interceptions of tipped balls this year. Balls, even balls that have just hit his teammates. I mean, I don't know how many picks he has. There are so many. You can point. It's almost every pick. That too. You can point to to ball placement with that. But I mean, like Tyreek has seldom twice on good throws. He had the one the other day. Hit his teammate in the helmet, Mm -hmm. and it resulted in a pick yesterday. Just first, or I guess it was Monday. Now my days are wow, all mixed up. But I mean, and that's happening every week, right? So is is this a regression to what we've seen? Yes, because Patrick Mahomes is probably had the best three-year sample size we've seen out of any quarterback ever but is this the best it's still to come probably i think steven is not speaking facts it's a simple question is do you think patrick mahomes can get back to mvp level get back to runaway best quarterback in the league that's his best if you, if not then yes we've seen the best of patrick mahomes if you think he can get back to that then no we haven't seen the best of him we have a lot of patrick mahomes yet to see this man will play for many many more years just not shutting the door on it all right last one to round out speaking facts uh, a lot of people are talking about this, the Saints quarterback situation. Keyshawn Johnson put it into perspective. He said, this is a situation where you dial up a guy like Cam Newton. And then in the same conversation, Jay Williams said, the Saints are a perfect fit for Cam Newton. Not a good fit, a perfect fit. Stat Matt, are they speaking facts? Is it Cam Newton time yes. for New Orleans? Yes, it is. Cam Newton is a perfect player that will thrive under Sean Payton. He know He's smart. He's played in a lot of big games, played in a Super Bowl. Veteran presence, the team will respect him, and I think he's he's completely different from Jameis. But I think talent wise, they're roughly the same. And he's been vaccinated. That was uh, he made thought, sure everybody knew that. He yeah, made sure people wondered that. if that was the reason why the Patriots cut him. Well, now he's vaccinated, so it's not an issue with that. I don't see why the Saints wouldn't take a look at him, at least have him in for a workout, show him the playbook. Your options are Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon. Yeah. That's why he's that's why they're both speaking facts. Nathan Peterman just got cut. Yeah. That's <laughs> why that's why they're speaking <laughs> facts. I I, I, I still out there too. <laughs> I don't like I don't like the second part of Jay Williams' comment. I don't think he's a perfect fit. But I think he's the best option. I think he's the I think he's saying he's the perfect fit for Cam. Is what they're saying. Not that a good fit everywhere for right now. Like the Sa- oh, okay, I'll put it that way. The Saints are a better fit for Cam than Cam is for the Saints, one hundred percent. But they he is one hundred percent their best option right now. Your options are Taysom Hill, who's still banged up in and out of the lineup, and Trevor Simeon, yeah, who will not repeat what he did to the Bucks. We've seen that from Geno Smith. Yeah. So you better pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. And why not Cam Newton? The you know, an MVP. Been to Let's a super trade Bowl. I, think, I can't trade for anyone now yeah. either. So hey. When did it pass? This past was it week. Yesterday? Yeah, trade deadline yeah. was yesterday. It was yesterday? Yeah. Damn. Well, yeah. my point was still gonna say it is speaking facts, but I wasn't gonna say it's the best fit. I think the best fit would have been trading for Teddy Bridgewater. Who they have another quarterback there. The Broncos are sliding. Five and oh when he was a starter. I think Bridgewater is the one though they want to bring back. I'm, I mean, there's a shot. 
when Taysom Hill comes back, I think he's injured right now. When he comes mm-hmm. back, that he'll even take Simeon's job. Do the Broncos do <laughs> yeah. I don't think the Broncos want to gut their entire team. They're four and four. Yeah, and they're shot for a playoff. So. Yeah, I agree. But they also have Drew Locke, and there's been a lot of just conversation about moving on from Teddy yeah, already. When, when in Teddy the past has couple his bad weeks. games, yeah. it's very much his time to put. So Drew Locke I, I think in. that would have been the ideal situation. But at that point, what's the asking price from the Broncos? Because I'm not giving up more than the third or fourth rounder right now for Teddy Bridgewater. Definitely not giving up a first. Definitely no, no, probably no, not giving up no, a second. No, but that's no, what they might ask no. for for their starting quarterback. So yeah, I do I think you dial up Cam Newton? Yeah, just as Seattle did. But Cam didn't want to go there. So who says he wants to go to the Saints? I'm, I'm not I'm not sure. Why would you not want to go to Seattle? He, he didn't want to go to Seattle. Well, Pete he Carroll called him. Well, here's the thing. Cam Newton also, just like he changed his stance on being vaccinated, he also changed his stance on willing to be a backup. Because at first he said, I'm not willing to be a backup. Yeah. And, and, that could know, have been why, because unemployment do some things to you. Un- unemployment make you change your mind a little bit. You might say, "I don't want to be a backup." Then that phone go dry yeah. for a couple of weeks. Then you say, "Hey, I got a shot." By the way, I'll be a backup somewhere. And the phones start ringing after you say stuff like that. So, yeah. um, that that's also you know also the reason you want to go to Seattle might be a reason why probably. You, you know, but and I also don't more think, willing to go to the city. I don't necessarily think if they sign Cam Newton, he's definitely a starter there. I think he. Probably is the most talented in that locker room, but Simeon. When just, when Jameis comes back just, without Jameis, well, no, Jameis is going for the year. I'm talking That's about this saying. year. Simeon just did what he did. No, and I, no, 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 he no, just, no, 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 no. He looked no good. Way, no way, I'm starting Trevor Simeon if I have Cam Newton. No way, no way. Cam Newton got cut for you, a reason. You start him till he learns the playbook. You have to. Uh, we'll see. Learning Cam's, the playbook takes a little bit. Cam Unless Simeon's win alone. Cam Newton just being Cam Newton alone. I agree. He probably should get the job. But I don't think he's a lock to start there either. That was going off the point that he doesn't want to be a backup. He could still be a backup if he goes there. There's a lot of quarterbacks I'd take over Trevor Simeon and, of course, Cam Newton. Yeah, Cam Newton. I'd take Trubisky over. Just by default, he falls on that list. All right. About to come into the end of this episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who got something to say at the buzzer real quick? Take us out. I'll go real quick. Uh, We talk a lot of sports on here. I'm going to get a little nerd on. Talk a little esports. If anyone's ever been interested in watching esports or just getting to know what it is, and because it, it really is a show, it's really a production. Probably, it's the biggest, it's the, it's the biggest industry out right the, now. So are we skipping the countdown? Yeah, yeah we're, we're skipping. skipping. Okay. The biggest event of the entire year is going to be this Saturday. That is the League of Legends World Championships. It's the biggest esport in terms of viewership right now, um, and it's the defending champs who are the greatest new generation team. And versus the best team out of China that have probably been from China in four or five years. I I watched the semifinals. I played League of Legends a lot as a kid. I don't play it much anymore. But it really is a whole show. And people don't, you know, people haven't tapped into that esports world. And if you want an opportunity to just see what it is, it's a best of five this Saturday. And it's probably going to be electric. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. What You probably won't understand it. I won't understand it at all. But you, you'll understand, you know. They got health bars. The other team has health bars. When the one, when the hel- one health bar drops, die. they die, right, right. and there's a whole base. And after the first game, if you do want to watch the best of five, you'll understand slightly what's going on for the rest of it. But it is the biggest event of the year. Dude, these esports championships sell out arenas. Like they, yeah. they, they put them in basketball arenas. Yeah. Like, and I noticed they are. Well, it is unfortunate with COVID that they don't have fans there currently, mm-hmm. but they're still doing the whole production. They have the teams on stage. The coaches, they have two stages, a backstage and a front stage. I know stage. it's probably live on Twitch or something like that, too. Twitch, YouTube, it'll be everywhere. It'll be There'll be over a million viewers just on Twitch watching it Saturday. And if you add in YouTube and other platforms, it's going to be a ton of people, probably more people than watched Game 6 of the World Series last night. Wow. Yeah. yeah but, uh, no one watched Game 6 of the World Series last night. <laughs> like, that's why. Matt, what you got to say the buzzer? So the, as speaking of the... 
World Series. The Braves won the World Series last Yuck. night. Did they? Yuck. Did they? Yuck, yes. I didn't I, watch. Well, a couple Yuck. things. One, the, <laughs> so the, the fact that the Phillies and Braves were roughly the same spot at the trade deadline, and Yuck. the Braves got the World Series MVP in a trade, and the fact that they it should shows the gap in the front office. But I'd like to just everyone likes to clown the Astros for oh they cheated they lost they haven't won a legitimate World Series. I just want people to remember that the Astros are human beings, are actual people who have feelings, and they're also the horrible pieces of crap that ruin (laughs) baseball. And it's great to laugh and Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa's misery and mocking them is what they deserve for the rest of their sorry careers. (laughs) I only feel bad for Dusty Baker. Yeah. I uh, thought, that's it. I thought Matt was going soft on us. I thought you were going soft on us too. Yeah. Because years ago when that came out, we don't talk a whole lot of baseball on this show. We had almost an entire podcast about how like well, how crazy it is that the Astros cheated based on a whole podcast around them. So like the fact that, that they won or that they were in the World Series with a chance to win made me so mad because I don't I don't think they've ever actually felt a consequence. They've been in three of the last five World Series since that happened. And like, okay, their manager got fired. Then he won a World Series with another team. Like who like who was really feeling any any repercussions of what happened? So I'm rooting against them, but then on the other side is a team I the last the second to last team I want to win the World Series, which is a team in my division. So I was kind of hoping for a natural disaster to, to happen and just cancel the World Series altogether. <laughs> that didn't happen, but whatever. I, I do think it's the Phillies, since we've gotten Bryce Harper, I've watched two teams in our division who didn't make any move like that. Win a World Series, and Nationals didn't make a move at all. Like at least the Braves brought in Holy Soler and and Jock Peterson. Yeah, the Nationals just strapped on their boots and went and won a World Series. So, like it's almost getting World Series or bust time for the Phillies because like teams are passing you, and don't let the Mets get good. That's, get the, that's the last straw. Got to get to the playoffs first. That's the last straw. Yeah, but I mean, both these teams kind of made just the the crazy job. I know the Braves were in the NLCS last year, but yeah, the Nationals came out. We had a, the Phillies had a three game series with the Braves near the end of the season that determined the division. And yeah. the and winner of that series went on to win the freaking World Series. And what did the Phillies do? Got like, swept one yeah, game? Yeah, we got swept. Yeah, I swept. Well, we got we, – baseball's funky. If you make the playoffs, you got a shot. The Braves were also better than the record in the first half. They, they lost to Cunha and got better. That wasn't, that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, but I'll go to my tap out. Um, I got to give a quick shout-out. Kyle, you know this guy too. We are talking about it a little bit. But big ups to my guy, Christian Kelly. Huge. Huge ups to our guy. Uh, Christian Kelly, uh, Phoenixville High School alum, Lock Haven University alum, 1,000-point scorer at both of those programs, high school and college. Kind of unbeknownst to any of his friends. Because none of us really knew this was about to happen. Saw this man all summer working on his craft. I didn't know what was coming. And then he pops up on Instagram, Twitter the other day with the Westchester Knicks. I see that my man's made the G League. And he's going to be with Miles Powell and everybody in the Westchester Knicks and the New York Knicks affiliate. Man, that's awesome. Like, awesome. That's, that's so cool. Just another testament to hard work paying off. Yeah. And, and Kyle just said it. Just saw this guy in the gym every, every, every day. day. I worked at the Y, and that's where Chris works out. Mm-hmm. And if he wasn't playing basketball, he was lifting. And just because of the nature of my job, I remember I had to tell him to get off the court one yeah, time. And, and shame <laughs> on you for doing it. Yeah, my fault, Chris. So, so next summer, if he did, you, you got the, I y'all, the ones, y'all the ones that got to move to court. That's, yeah. that's, that's your court now, court Chris. Now. That's your court. Man, Chris. Congrats. We're all here for you, bro. Keep putting on for the 610. When y'all come to Delaware Blue Coats, best believe we all going to be there to support, man. 
Um, but that's all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a really good one. Big ups to not only Christian Kelly, but to my guy Jay Galley out there, my guys Kyle Sirik and Stab Matt Robinson. I am James Jackson. Of always, these have been the facts. Straight up. <laughs>